Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. The Pre-Med Year, session number 528. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today is a great episode where I got to talk to Berenice about her journey to medical school. I'll give you a little bit more information about her in one second. But before I do, I want to talk about the MCAT Minute, brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. One of the biggest question marks we get day in and day out is, I have three months left, I have two months left, I have six months to study, and I don't know where to start. Well, I do. I know where you should start. BlueprintMCAT.com for free. Go sign up, create an account, and use their study planner tool to help you create the perfect study plan for you. Go check it out. Don't go to Reddit. Don't go to SDN. Don't just download someone else's study plan because that's their study plan. Make your own study plan. BlueprintMCAT.com, all for free. Creating a study plan, knowing what you have to do. Yes, you may be intimidated by it, but the MCAT, you know what? It is intimidating. So you just got to own that. It's scary, but own it. Go jump in create a free study plan at blueprintmcat.com right now. All right, let's talk about our guest today, Berenice. She is a three-time applicant, a teenage mom, a daughter of immigrants. She has multiple acceptances, had 11 interview invites this cycle. And I think it's okay to say, got a full ride acceptance. She emailed that to us later. So Berenice, Congratulations on all of your success. Let's hear how you got there. Bear, welcome to the pre-mid years. Thanks for joining me. Hi, good morning, Dr. Gray. I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited for you to be here because you, I think, are going to hopefully inspire a lot of people with your story of of getting into medical school through the the path that you have taken. When did you first realize that you wanted to be a doctor? I think this came from my own birthing story with my daughter. This is when I first was kind of introduced to the medical field. Mm -hmm. I was very young um, when I had my daughter, but um, this kind of planted the seed. And I didn't really water that seed until later on in college, a little late, and then decided to hop on the pre-med track, you know, already done with my degree, went back for a postdoc and carried it on from there. So you had 
your child, first child? How many how many kids do you have now? Yes. I have one only. One one <laughs> only. Uh so you have yeah. one child. How old were you when you had this child? I was 14. 14 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have an experience with your mm-hmm. your the the birth of your first child, your only child at this point. What what happened that was so impactful for you? This was really my first time being in a medical setting, being in a hospital, having the IVs, the care, everything around me. Mm-hmm. And I was really interested in this. And I remember following up with my OB, becoming friends with my OB. I don't know if this stemmed from being such a young person and being their case, um, but we really bonded. And I've, I've always looked up to him. Mm-hmm. And he then later played a role in my um, shadowing and getting clinical experience, which was crazy full circle. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people would assume having a kid at 14 years old, Mm -hmm. your dreams, your aspirations, they're done, right? You're going to be a parent. Did did anyone plant that seed in your head that like, oh, you want to be a doctor? Mm -hmm. Too bad you're a mom now. Not necessarily in like, you want to be a doctor. It was more, I was in high school mm-hmm. and um, I know there was a meeting with the counselors and the image of the school and they, they really pushed for me to go to a different continuation school. Yeah. I was a 4.0 student and I was a great student. I I was not a troubled student and yeah. I couldn't wrap my head around us. Why are you pushing me towards continuation school? What am I doing that's wrong? Yeah, I know. Like and, and it continuation, was a bad for- continuation school. For those who don't know, it's it's the school basically for all the misfits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, no, me and my baby want to stay here. <laughs> so um, we had a vote in the council, and they allowed me to stay. And I ended up graduating in the top ten percent of my high school class. So it was pretty great. How do you do that with a kid? I'm, I'm assuming with lots of support from family. <laughs> Absolutely. Lots of support and and not thinking twice about things, just doing. I think it comes you have to have this certain mindset where you just have to do things yeah. and not question why is this happening to me? Why am I why is this harder for me? It's just mm-hmm. do the things, get up the next day and do it again. I love that mentality. I think it's I wish I wish everyone had that mentality because I'm like that's just that's just life, right? Uh yeah. you just you just live life. And I think a lot of people, I, I don't know, I, my, my family has had a, lo- a lot of stuff that, stuff that I don't talk about publicly for the most part, but it's just like, the more we look at things, it's like, I think there's an assumption that life is all the easy stuff. I'm like, no, life is just getting through all the hard stuff all the time. Oh, there's yeah. just always something going on. Um, oh, yeah. And, and you face that much earlier than most people as, as a 14-year-old mom. Mm-hmm. When it when it came time to continuing that path, so you, you graduate top ten percent of your your class in high school, and you go mm-hmm. off to college. Was was that plan mm-hmm. in college? Like, I'm going to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Wait, were you dead set pre med from the beginning, or were you still exploring? Not quite. Why I was not? still exploring. I was not dead set because I went in undeclared, and okay. I wanted to first check around different majors. And I already had this mindset that if I was going to be a pre-med, I had to be a bio major. <laughs> and that was in my brain. Like yep. you have to do biochem, you have to do a bio major. And I don't want to do that. I'm like, well, what if I like, I don't know, anthropology. Yep. <laughs> and so I did end up loving anthropology. So I ended up exploring um, different routes and 
like I said, I've kind of just taken my time with everything I do. I've just taken my time because what's meant to be will be, it will happen on its time. Yeah. So when did you, you're, you're in college and you're going through this process of exploring and finding yourself. Mm-hmm. When did you finally kind of put that flag in the ground and go, yep, I'm pre-med. <laughs> let, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me pass. Senior year. It was definitely my senior year. So late. I, yeah, very late in the game. Yeah. And at this point I, I knew my option was either um, post back or a do it yourself program, but I was going to have to, because I didn't take any of the science prereqs during um, undergrad. Okay. So no science prereqs. Do you think, Mm-mm. I mean, looking back, it's it's easy to potentially say one thing or, or uh, another mm-hmm. now. Do you think there was an underlying, like psychologically conscious, it's like you have a lot going on, being a pre-med's really hard, just get through this? Yes, absolutely. And that first year was rough, really rough, like to the point where I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe you were the smart kid in high school, but I don't think you're going to be cut out for college anymore. Like, Welcome this to is, the big leagues. <laughs> I was like, they like to tussle over here. I was like, oh my God. I thought I could just go and about my routine. What I did in high school will work for college. And I was humbled really quickly. Yeah. What what happened first year? Like 1.5, 2.0? Like how, how bad were you first year? I failed almost every single class. Did my, you really? First, first two quarters. Absolutely. I was, I didn't have a car. So I was commuting to UCLA. I had to wake up at like 430 to take a train to the union station and then two more buses to get to my 8am class. Wow. It was so rough. And then after that work, do the mothering things and do it all over again. And um, I just did not respect my boundaries whatsoever. Why? I feel like I was on a pedestal for like my family, for my friends, for my community. I was just like this poster child. Oh my gosh, Bear's going to college. Bear has a mom. And then I couldn't let them down. I couldn't, I couldn't face my reality, which was that I was struggling and didn't know how to ask for help. Yeah. So first in your family to go to college? Yes. So first generation college student. Mm-hmm. trying to to make the family proud live into your 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 family name you have a kid you had to work to to pay bills mm-hmm. so it's yeah. not like you could just focus on school mm-hmm. and there was no insights or maybe too much pride to ask for help didn't have really time to ask for help and go to office hours mm-hmm. and all that stuff, which mm-hmm. which comes up all the time. Did you think about quitting at any point? In a sense, yes. And I don't know if I quit necessarily, but during spring of my freshman year, I sat down with my counselor and she was like, look, it's not looking hot. I'm not going to lie to you. And I told her, <laughs> I know. <laughs> She's like, you've got two options. You can... F, F does not mean fantastic. <laughs> yeah, F is not for fun. <laughs> and she's like, okay, you can either approach next uh, your last quarter here, spring with an academic um, probation contract, yep. and you have to pass with Bs, and 
you'll carry on as normal, you know, continue to do well. Or you could take a retroactive withdrawal, I think they called it, Yeah. where you step away from the university, go figure out what's going on, and then come back. Come back when you're ready, you know? Mm -hmm. Reach out when you're ready. So I took the latter. I was like, you know what? One quarter is not going to change because what I'm not going to just fine-tune things in a quarter. I need to really step back and assess who I am as a student, what abilities, what I'm, I'm lacking, what skills I still need to refine. So I need to step away completely and you know, reinvent myself as a student. Yeah. So I did that. I went to community college for a year and really cut down on my work hours. I use my family support as much as I can and just really focus on being a better student. Not yeah. the best, just a better student. Yeah. Do, do you think it really was uh, potentially what we see is from high school, depending on the high school you go to, mm-hmm. right? Ten per uh, graduating top ten percent of your high school, mm-hmm. not to diminish or invalidate any of your successes, but mm-hmm. depending on the high school, your top ten percent may be bottom ten percent mm-hmm. at another high school in terms of preparation and readiness for college. Mm-hmm. Do you think that played a factor? Just where you grew up and the high school you went to just didn't give you the tools mm-hmm. necessary. To a certain degree, I think so. We were a public school. Mm-hmm. We we are a good school in our district in itself. But good. even I even saw those those uh, disconnections right freshman year, like. People knew what a Bunsen burner is. And I was like, what the heck is a Bunsen burner? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you played with this in high school? I've never really? seen this. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's a great yeah. example. Yeah. So, there's definitely, like, things that were lacking or, you know, that my education in high school could have prepared me better for in college. But yeah. um, I did the best that I could with the tools that I was given. And, and somehow it worked out. <laughs> yeah. So, let's talk about that retroactive withdrawal. So Mm -hmm. I talk about this in situations, I I had a student a couple years ago do this, where she had a a semester or a year of Fs basically, because Mm -hmm. her father got sick. She basically just stopped going to class, didn't really understand Mm -hmm. the ramifications of that, didn't realize that, oh, she should go to the registrar and say, I need to, I need to stop. Um, And she petitioned for the school to um, for, for a late withdrawal request and they changed all of our F's to W's. Is, is that basically what your school did was like, Hey, we're going to basically mm-hmm. assume that you shouldn't be here. Uh, you shouldn't mm-hmm. have come. So we're just going to change all your F's to W's. Is that what they did? No, they, no. they didn't change them. No, they, <laughs> they were strong F's. <laughs> they were they, F's. For, for they were stain. written in stone. Yeah. Okay. You know, it wasn't too many of them. There was a lot of like D's too, but okay. um, the F's that came stayed. Okay. So so none of the grades got changed, unfortunately. <sighs> That's a bummer. So you, <laughs> you restart at community college. You mm-hmm. build up that foundation of being a really solid mm-hmm. student again. Mm-hmm. When did you realize you were ready to go back to a four-year university? Mm-hmm. I think it was after I took a couple of bio classes and I found myself studying because I was honestly curious about the, I was going beyond the books. I was looking up things, looking up videos that made the concepts come together so I could have a better understanding. That's when I realized I'm like, oh yeah, I want to do this because I enjoy doing this. I don't feel forced to do something, you know, when you're doing something against your will. So 
I, all my freshman year at uni, I thought I was just being forced to study pre-calc <laughs> and like all these classes. I'm just like, I don't want to know this. Yeah. And in some point in community college, I, I, I wanted to know more. I was in office hours asking questions. Yeah. I was raising my hand in class. It, it's such a weird, like that little statement to me brings up uh, something I, 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 I don't know if I got it from someone else. I probably did. Um, but just that small little perspective shift of I have to do this versus I get to do this. Yeah. Just a small perspective. Like I get to study for the MCAT. There are a lot of people yes. out there who don't get that opportunity. I get that opportunity. It sucks. I hate it, but yeah. I get to do it. Yes. That's the mentality I took on on my third attempt. <laughs> and that's, I think that helped a lot. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, let, let's talk about that because you're, you, you take some time away from university. You go to community college. You get back to university at some point. And it's not until senior year that you're like, mm-hmm. I want to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. But, right? There's still this big but in my head of like, mm-hmm. but Fs and Ds, but probation, but whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Who gave you permission to keep going? Me. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> yeah. Me. Do, do you think it's it, was it willful willful ignorance? Like I don't really understand that. Uh, just just being naive about the whole process and how competitive it is to get into med school, or was it like I don't care? Yeah. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I think both. Both. Yeah. A, a little bit of both. Not knowing how competitive it's going to be but still having like that desire and like that just wanting to this career very badly. And at this point in my senior year, I'm already volunteering in the hospital setting. I'm getting familiar with how things work, who works with who, how do the PAs and the doctors and the staff all work together. So I see myself in this setting. So I'm not ready to let it go. I'm inspired to push even further for it. So yeah, um, that's kind of where. Yeah. So senior year, you finally decide. Mm-hmm. When did you submit your first application? 2019. And where? when did you graduate? I graduated 2016. Okay, so you had some time off. Why not mm-hmm. apply right away? What, what was that thought process? Oh, you said you had um, prereqs to do. Yeah. So you yeah. didn't do any of your prereqs? Mm-mm. Okay. So you just got no. through undergrad as best you could, and then you're like, mm-hmm. okay, now I now I can focus on the the quote unquote hard stuff. Yeah. What was the that decision like for you to figure out where to do those things and what classes to take? Yeah. Well, first it was like, what do I do? Yeah. Like, not even where. It's like, what do I have to do? Yeah. I start learning. You have to take science and OCHEM, and I'm like, wow, that sounds really difficult. And then there's a <laughs> a test you have to take. I'm like, I'll worry about the test later. It's fine. Yeah. So I, I started researching like post pack, do it yourself. What might be better? I think I actually listened to one of your recordings of like what best to do. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it was a do it yourself because I still wanted to balance a little bit of work because at, at this point I'm already living on my own with my daughter. So mm-hmm. um, I still had to pay the bills. So a do it yourself post pack was perfect for me because I could take classes at night and, basically make my own schedule so that was pretty great yeah okay so you found what works for you 
you're doing mm-hmm. classes. What was that transition like for you from graduating college, regular old non-heavy science classes, prereqs at least, to yeah. oh, these are these are some science classes. It was tough. Yeah. It was tough, but I really feel like already having failed so much and even though I didn't have skills in the hard sciences, I had skills as a student that I was able to use in these science courses that uh, really helped, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, you just have to be smart. You just have to be, you don't really have to be that smart. You just have to work really freaking hard. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's what I tell students all the time. Like med school is not hard. It's just a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so you, you're finding yourself in your post back, mm-hmm. you're you're doing well enough. Um, mm-hmm. Were those grades coming? Were you were you struggling in your post back, failing at all? No, not at all. Huh? I was uh, starting off with mostly A's, a few B's. Nice. Um, not not too bad, honestly. For the classes I was taking, I was surprised with myself. I'm like, oh, I could have done <laughs> this in undergrad. You know, it's the same person. It's just you've gone through some things that have changed you a little bit, but. Yeah. I'm still me. Like I could have done this if I put in the same effort. Yeah. Your kids, how old at this point? She's 15. Right now she's 15. But as you're going through this, she's she is. 11, 10. Yeah. She's like eight, nine. Okay. Yeah. She's it's it's been some time. Yeah. <laughs> so what was it like coming home she's doing her homework you're doing your mm-hmm. homework what was that what was that like for you did, did she's like mom what are you doing why are you doing homework <laughs> um i think it's not so strange for her because she basically grew up in a classroom with me you know yeah. whether it was in high school um i was i think the president of some club at high school so she would come to the club meetings and you know eat crackers or something <laughs> but she was always around me and academia were like together there was never it was, I don't think it was ever strange for her at least. Yeah. And um, it, if anything, it benefited both of us to have a place to sit down together and do our work together because then I could mother and study at the same time. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's such an amazing story. So your your first application cycle did not go as planned. How many schools mm-hmm. did you apply to? Do you remember that first time around roughly? I think like 20 schools, the ones I got for free. Yeah. So FAP, um, 20 mm-hmm. schools. How many interviews did you get that first cycle? Zero. Why? What happened? My MCAT score was way oh, low. Oh, the MCAT. Okay. The MCAT. <laughs> <laughs> that little test. What What yeah. happened with preparation? Did you not, not just fully understand what you needed to do for it? Did you not have time yeah. to do it? All of it. I honestly did yeah, all of it. I I went into that first t- like first time taking like like I have enough knowledge to back me up. Like <laughs> just dumb confidence. I'm like, are you joking? Now that I look back at it, I wanted to smack myself in the head. I'm like, how? <laughs> Who let you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So first application cycle, no interviews, uh, mm-hmm. poor MCAT score. Mm-hmm. Retake the MCAT, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Did better? Yes. Did a little better. Little. Little better. Only a little. Okay. Um, applied again with that little bit better score. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many interviews next time? One. Oh, hey, we're making progress. One interview. We're making progress. <laughs> what was it like to get that first interview? Validation. And yeah. It was validation in the sense that I know that that MCAT helped. 
but then there was there was sustenance in the rest of the application to make them say oh okay let's talk to her yeah you're more than just that number what what was that number yeah you, you comfortable sharing yeah of course it was a 496 496 okay not horrendous mm-hmm. um no not great um no <laughs> and what what was your gpa at this point like a three five, I want to say. Okay, so solid GPA, and it sounds like potentially mm-hmm. a, a, even a better post back GPA. Uh, no, Maybe. my undergrad was a three three. Okay, post back was a three five. Three five. Okay, awesome. Okay, mm-hmm. so so solid uh, GPA, not oh my gosh, amazing, not not bad. Mm-hmm. So one interview invite, and and how much about your being a mom? having a poor mm-hmm. MCAT score, having put that, that academic issues to begin with, mm-hmm. how much of that came up in interviews, that, that first interview? Honestly, not a lot. Yeah. Not a lot of stats. It was very conversational, this interview. Great. Okay. It, yeah. I don't even remember bringing up stats at all. Yeah. Maybe like a challenge thing. Like they asked me about some challenges and, you know, I discussed it, but it was never, it's, it was never about the numbers. Yeah. You weren't accepted. No, I was waitlisted and did not get off the waitlist. Oh, was it a ranked waitlist? Do you know where you ended up? Or, yes. Yeah. I ended up, I, it was in the middle. Like okay. it was just a toss up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a bummer. Um, okay. Yeah. After two application cycles, mm-hmm. why, why keep going? Why keep trying? Because I know I could be better. I could be a better applicant and I wasn't ready to let go of of this career. I'm still, you know, at this point scribing and have a couple of of clinical experiences that I'm working like longitudinally on. And I know I'm meant for this path. I just have to figure out how I can show them. Cause at this point, academically, I'm in the middle, like you said, MCAT subpar GPA. Okay. Mm. So I need to, show up and show out somehow yeah. so at this point i'm thinking grad school an smp something like that okay and um yeah i went with an smp okay and and how did you pick an smp to go to um location i needed to be closer to home um and really focusing on those smps that really provided a structure for also research okay so that was one of the main things because I also lacked a little bit of research and I ended up going with an SMP in Arrowhead or near Arrowhead. So Colton, California with the new MD school, okay. California University of Science and Medicine. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did their um, master's. So you do their master's. Is it is it the mm-hmm. a master's set up where you're basically taking first year med school classes or was it separate from the med students? Mm-hmm. It like mimics those classes, okay. the rigor of, of M1 year. Yeah. And how was that for you? It was great. I killed it. (laughs) Did you? I honestly did. I did. (laughs) Nice. I love it. I love it. Um, So left no doubt in hopefully anyone's mind, your academic ability. Yes, absolutely not. But there's still the MCAT. There's still the MCAT. And that's another thing too. There was built-in prep. They gave you great great resources. So I I knew that I needed to retake that MCAT. I was not going to apply with anything less than a 500 again. I was going to apply again, just yeah. not less with a 500. What'd you get third time around? 
502. You you did it. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean that that's the equivalent uh I I took the MCAT back in the old scoring but my equivalent was was a 502. Um so you can you can be a doctor with a 502. It's amazing. Um and a podcaster apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> SMPs are not cheap. How much of the financial aspect of doing an SMP and that kind of looming financial debt, education debt Mm -hmm. impacted, how much did that impact your decision in terms of like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I need to add more education debts. I'm going to have med school. I'm going to have SMP. I'm going to have my post back. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have like, did did you ever do any math or where's it like, I don't care what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I, I did the math. Uh, luckily, undergrad um, wasn't too bad because I did have a scholarship that I was able to maintain after I came back. Great. So um, undergrad wasn't too bad. So it was really looking at the post-bac master's cost together. Um, but, you know, coming from a disadvantaged background, regardless of that, like I knew I was going to have to pull out loans and, you yeah. know, pull out the calculator later. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That stings. That stings. Third application cycle, SMP mm-hmm. under your belt, post back under your belt, yeah. undergrad under your belt, mm-hmm. three MCATs under your belt. Yes. <laughs> what was this like? Did you have any thought process about this is this is it? Like I don't want to go through this oh, anymore. Yeah. Well, not but that not, I don't want to. Not, go not from a this is it. I'm gonna get in, but this is it. Like if I don't get in, I'm done. I was actually the first one. I was like, I'm getting in. I I was delusional. (laughs) I entered it with full delusion. I was like, there's no other option. When I get, I was like, what if you don't? I was like, well, that's not an option. So we're going to get in somewhere. Yeah. We're going to do it. (laughs) You know, that SMP really like brought on like not only research, but I did leadership roles there. I was a speaker at graduation. I, I really just took all that it could give and made all that I can from that SMP. And um, I think I, as a student, I didn't leave a doubt in anyone's mind that I, I could, I could do this. Yeah. How many interviews third time around? I'm at 11. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> 11 interviews. So yeah. zero, one, 11. Yeah. I'm counting. <laughs> Any, it's not over. <laughs> Why? Do you think it's as simple as you got over a 500? Like, do you think like just so many schools have some sort of internal cutoff that they're like, okay, I'm going to look at you now. Oh my gosh, where have you been my whole life? Um, (laughs) Do you think it's the SMP? Like what happened? I think it's the the MCAT definitely opened more more doors for people to look at my application. Mm -hmm. But that SMP, I really feel helped a ton. Like more than anything, I think that was an application changer because um, I feel like it erased any doubt that might have arisen from like looking at my undergrad career, even my post-bac career. Yeah. What was it like to get your first acceptance? Was it a phone call? Was it an email? It was a phone call. Yeah. (laughs) I think I was crashed. (laughs) (laughs) I was driving home from work and I was like, What? Yeah. Yeah. How, how did that go? Was your daughter in the car with you? 
driving home from work. I was in the car by myself. Um, I think my first words were, oh, my God, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, they're going to rescind their acceptance. <laughs> yeah, I, there's always, I think, so much fear around. I sounded so immature. Or I sounded so unprofessional. Like, they love those phone calls for that exact moment, right? They, they want just raw emotion. I, I think it just drives them. It's fun. Who was the first person you told? that night yeah yeah <laughs> well what was the and then response? everybody got excitement yeah like we've been working so hard at this it was just when i told my daughter she was also really excited yeah. you know she she's seen me go through hell and back trying to get here and um you know i'm so happy that i could share that memory with her M- my assumption would be you crushed the smp which is a medical school that they would be the first ones knocking on your door. Were were they your first acceptance or no? <laughs> they weren't. Okay. Because uh, they have an MCAT cutoff and their MCAT cutoff is a 504. That just destroys me. It it absolutely it does. It really does. Me. We'll we'll take your money. <laughs> Thank you very much, but you're not good enough for us. Yeah, that's to me that was it was like disheartening because I was an integral part of that school. I helped with um, putting a committee together. I was part of a committee that put their first inaugural symposium that reached out to different um, high schools, all levels of education, and really encouraged them to come onto campus, have a first look, see what it's like to have a career in medicine, any kind of career, physician assistant, pharmacy, nursing. We organized this one-day event that was fantastic, had a great turnaround. I, I gave a lot to that school and I'm, I'm not saying I'm salty. I'm not, I still love them so much. It's just crazy that two points kept me out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would, I would love this is where I get on my high horse. I would love for them to show me data that 502 students don't succeed at their school and 504 students do. I guarantee you yeah. they don't have that data. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> How many acceptances are you up to? Three. Three acceptances. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Still waiting on more. Um, do you have a dream yes. school right now out of the three that you have? Are you super excited about at least one of them? I'm super excited at least one of them. And then my top two schools I'm pending um, feedback from, or I just interviewed with them. Okay. One of them um, gets back to me on the 3rd of March, so a week okay. from today, and the other one on the 15th. And one of them is a top 20 school, which is insane to me. Yeah. Not to me, because top 20 <laughs> means nothing, because that U.S. News and World Reports is a yeah. bunch of trash. Um, but yeah, that's that's phenomenal. Look, y- your journey was not a straight line. Mm-mm. Your journey was not perfect. Your journey mm-hmm. had lots of failures. Your journey cost a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Would you change it? No. Why? I, I'm going to be a better student because of it. I've proven that I'm going to be a better student and much more resilient. So I, like I said, this mentality came from all those failures. Now I don't see things that's like, oh, how am I going to get through? It's just like, we're going to get through this. So I feel like that's the kind of mentality I, I need to have in medical school. And then in residency, even further, you know, you have to do the things 
you don't want to do that you're too tired to do, but you just have to do it. For the student listening to this, they may be a teenage parent. They may be uh, transitioning away from university because they failed out. Um, at, at any point in, in the pre-med path, uh, students struggle. What do, you, what do you say to those students to continue to motivate them? If you want it, it's going to happen. If you keep working at it, it's going to happen. Like it's never a definitive no until you decided to know. That's in your power. All right, there you have it. Again, Berenice talking about her journey to medical school and the obstacles she has overcome, the perseverance that she showed through this journey. So for you out there, if you are struggling, if you are doubting, go listen to this episode a couple more times and hopefully it'll give you the motivation to keep going. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.